Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of What is a Podcast? The podcast with no schedule and no quality and no listeners. Um, I wanted to start off the podcast by saying um, I have a new job. Um, I got hired at a new place, which is really exciting. Um, it's paying me double what I used to get paid. Uh, I know that it's kind of weird to talk about how much people get paid. Unless you're like a millionaire, like Ty Lopez or whatever. Then people are like, oh, I'm a millionaire or whatever. But it is a little interesting to talk about how much you get paid. But I will say, I'm not going to say the company name, but I will say that... I used to be getting paid like 28000 and I just got hired for a job for 60000 which is really, really good for me. Um, it's like, damn, 60000 Like, I never thought I could make that much. But here I am making that much. So I have a new job, which is great. Um, it will fuck with my YouTube... M- not my YouTube money, because I don't make money off that shit. But it will fuck with my YouTube schedule, potentially, because I used to be able to make a video almost every day because I lived a 10-minute walk away from my job. But now I'm going to have to commute to my job, and I'm going to be you know, going to different locations. So my YouTube grind might have to, might have to slow down a little bit, which kind of sucks because... In order to really make a name for yourself making videos, if that's your goal, it's almost as if it has to be some type of a daily grind so that people have more chances to notice your shit. So now I'm going to have to figure that out. But the podcast, which was never like a scheduled thing anyway, shouldn't be affected too much. Like I've been working part time at doing the summer shit. And this is the first podcast in August, and we're nine days in. So it all depends on what you what you think will work for you. Because the YouTube grind is daily, or I just said it's daily, but I'm not making money off that shit. I'm not making money off of this shit. So I'm going to say... I'm going to take this job. I'm going to make my 60,000. I'm going to make videos along the way. And if I can if I can um make money off of videos, then that's great too. If the podcast becomes something that's a, a profitable endeavor, then yeah, we'll we'll fuck with it. We'll see how it goes. But I do know that I am very very happy. This is very very big for me. Um so yeah, I will accept your congratulations in advance if you listen to this. Um, and then update on the podcast, I guess. We're still, we were on SoundCloud, but we're not anymore. So yeah, fuck it. Anywho, I thought for this podcast, we would go through the Twitter moments. Because Twitter moments are very, very, either very interesting or very boring. So I wanted to go through some Twitter moments. I have them open right now. And I wanted just to see um, if they were interesting. Maybe give my thoughts on them. um, See if they're funny or not. Or interesting or not. Or important or not. And I have water with me. So if I take a little second pause to drink a water. That's what I'm doing. Because I need to stay hydrated. Anywho. We're going to go in. 
Our first one is um, a still of Disney princesses, Disney princesses lounging around has the potential to break the internet, which makes absolutely no sense to me. The thumbnail is a picture of Elsa from Fo- Frozen. So let's see. Entertainment Weekly shared an exclusive still from Ralph's Breaks the Internet, which is a sequel to Wreck-It Ralph. Disney's most famous princesses are surrounding Vanellope Bond suites of the Wreck-It Ralph franchise. And this moment has 74 likes and it's been an hour. So let's see. Entertainment Weekly tweeted five hours ago. Exclusive. See the at Disney princesses new outfits in Ralph's Ralph Breaks the Internet at Wreck-It Ralph. And it has all the princesses it looks like. It has... You know, the black princess, the Native American princess, the Chinese princess, the Hawaiian princess, um, of course, all the white princesses, and the the mermaid princess as well. And it has a girl from Wreck-It Ralph, which I don't remember if Wreck-It Ralph was even good or not. That's something for another day. And then someone captioned this picture with, me, I don't care about the new Wreck-It Ralph, it just looks like a product placement movie. Disney, princesses, and loungewear. Me, scream. So they're basically saying that these princesses blew their mind. I'm not feeling it. Another person says, Tiana with her hair down for the first time ever is a big thing. Ralph's breaks the internet has given us light or a star emoji. Tiana is the black princess, if you didn't know. For the princess and the frog. Let's see. Snow White is wearing a thing that almost murdered her. It's such a power move. And she has a shirt of a death apple on her shirt. So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. We all know that Snow White doesn't fuck with apples. But I guess she does. Anywho, and we have another zoom in on... I think this is um, the Irish princess or the Scottish princess from Brave. I think that's what it's supposed to be. And she's sitting eating what appears to be Fritos. Relatable AF as fuck. Uh, Mulan is in high tops and rolled up jeans, which is my type of girl. I'll tell you that. I don't know about you, but when girls roll up their jeans and show their ankles for me, that that's my type of gal right there. I like a girl who shows off her ankles, who shows off her, her converse, her high tops, and just keeps them moving. And then Elsa is wearing a shirt saying, just let it go. And she's wearing a milkshake. Or not wearing a milkshake. She's holding a milkshake. Very unhealthy, but also very on-brand. And someone has edited this picture to make it seem like Mulan and one of the other white princesses, um, I think it's, is it Sleeping Beauty? I don't know. Are staring at each other in a potentially lesbian, potential ship relationship. Um, other people talking about Mulan's hair, blah, 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 Snow White's shirt. People are saying Mulan is bisexual. Oh, shit. Um, there's a gif, and it's gif, not jif. Remember this. And yeah, the tw- that Twitter moment was um, interesting. Not the best Twitter moment I've ever seen. Mostly just people making memes and stuff. So I'll give that Twitter moment like a three out of five for um, for interestingness. Uh, and now we have the next Twitter moment is crazy rich Asians. 
what crazy rich Asians means for representation in the zeitgeist and Hollywood. And this was 44 minutes ago. It says, in terms of representation in mainstream entertainment, see what people are saying about crazy rich Asians' impact on Asian and Asian American communities. And this has 16 likes, and it was posted 44 minutes ago. And the thumbnail, I guess, is of the the main characters in the movie. I know Crazy Rich Asians is based on a book. I will not read that book, but I will watch this movie. I've been seeing a lot of movies lately. Most recently, 8th Grade, directed by Bo Burnham. So, let's see. First post, just felt all the feels during the Crazy Rich movie premiere. It was incredible to enter a giant theater where I didn't feel like a minority. I saw faces like mine everywhere I looked, both on screen and off. I didn't realize I'd even feel anything from that, but I did. That's cute. Someone else saying, I just cried seeing Asians on screen. I can't say I relate to that, but I do, I do, th- I do, I do feel that. Um, there's a video. I'm not going to play that video. Um, Ross Butler from 13's Reason, Reasons Why says, Just watched Crazy Rich Asians last night and I'm so filled with pride. Finally, a movie that made me feel badass, funny, and sophisticated, all while staying true to Asian culture. Even if you aren't Asian, you'll find yourself in these characters. See this movie. See this movie. Michelle Tran says, What what all this could do means so much to me. It's why I advocate. So much for a young Asian American girls, so they might spend their life feeling small, might not spend their life feeling small, or being commanded to even be at the table. A quote from Constance Wu, who's in the movie. Gotta take a water break. Water break over. Daniel Day Kim was um he's quoting an article saying the chicken or egg problem applies how do you get a well-known asian actor if you don't ever cast asians in leading roles what are which you are constrained from doing because none enough are well enough known that's a good question and then someone else is saying a verified account kristen Hahn says east asians are not the only asians Two, this is exciting for East Asian Americans and Asian actors who want parts in Hollywood films. But as an Asian, I can already watch tons of all Asian films all the time. This is not Haley's comment. So I think that's a good that's a good um, counterpoint. This person has is Asian, according to this tweet. And she's saying that I can see all Asian movies because in Asia, there are all Asian movies, which, you know, is to be expected in Asia. But they're not, they are also, there's not only East Asian, there's Southeast Asians. Where I live, there's a lot of Southeast Asians, a lot of Filipino, Vietnamese, um, Thai, Cambodian people, um, Laotian also. Um, so those people aren't necessarily East Asian, but they are Asian. But, you know, they're not, this, it's not... the same culture you can't say that Chinese culture or Japanese culture is the equivalent of Filipino culture or Vietnamese culture or no Samoan culture or Pacific Islander culture or anything like that because they're different countries with different histories you know so I, I feel that I feel that um on so there's someone who has a PhD saying on hashtag crazy rich Asians 
Please don't say something like, I know it doesn't represent all Asian stories, but we need to support the film so that other Asian stories can be told in the future. You probably mean well, but no, don't say this. It hurts those of us that are forgotten. Uh, excuse me. And then he goes on to say, For example, as a Filipino-American, my people are the first Asians on U.S. soil in 1587. We survived U.S. colonialism and cultural genocide. And we are 20% of the Asian-American population, the third largest Asian-American group. Yet we are virtually forgotten, invisible, and disregarded in Asian-American natives. So when you tell me to support hashtag crazy rich Asians because other Asian stories may be told in the future, you're telling me to look over the past exploitation of my people and forget that my people are working excessively long hours, living in poor conditions, missing family, and getting low to no pay. So go ahead and support support hashtag crazy rich Asians, but please don't guilt those of us who have been marginalized both in general society but also by the Asian American community into supporting it. Giving us false hope that it will be our turn in the future, this film is for you, not us. That was deep. That was by EJ Ramos David or David PhD. I didn't realize he would go on a long thread there. But I gotta say, growing up around a lot of Filipino people particularly, and being exposed to like Filipino media and stuff like that, for me, it doesn't always come, it doesn't always register to me that like when you're talking about Asian Americans, when a lot of people are talking about Asian Americans, they're not talking about Filipinos. Because in my city, when people talk about Asians, like the default Asian in my community was Filipino. So and then it wasn't really till I got to college that I realized that when a lot of people say the word Asian, they are not talking about Filipinos. A lot of time they are talking about East Asians. So I do I do understand to an extent. I can't fully understand because I didn't grow up in a 100% Filipino household. I didn't do that. I didn't grow up in an East Asian household. I didn't grow up thinking that I am Asian and I might never be on TV or anything like that. I mean, black people, because I am black, if you didn't know, black people struggle with representation on a lot of levels, too. But I don't think that I can um, that I can fully grasp what it means to be a Filipino American or Vietnamese American or Indonesian American and people saying Asian Americans, but not really including me. I'm not sure how that feels yet. Or ever, maybe. But I do I do sympathize and empathize and all that stuff. Um, but then someone says, Good thread, referring to EJ Ramos David or David's thread. He says, Good thread for anything or anyone who's interested in watching the movie. As East Asians, especially Han Chinese people, we need to reconsider how much space we take up in conversation of racial justice and representation in Asian North American contexts. Um, And then Jeff Yang, who is verified on Twitter, says, TLDR, if you refuse to research, Crazy Rich Asians is about class struggle, mobility, the illusion of wealth as an entree to inclusion and gendering of power even, or especially among the rich. It's about betweenness of post-immigrant identity. It is smart and funny and warm. That tweet, it makes sense when you read it, but I felt like reading that back 
that it didn't make a whole lot of sense because there's punctuations and semicolons all up in that fucking tweet. And that's how you know someone went to college and shit when they use semicolons and dashes and shit. Um, but yeah, that was a good tweet. Um, I had a mostly nice time from Emily Yoshida, verified. I had mostly had a nice time at Crazy Rich Asians, but 800 words is not enough to get the class race, race issues of this being our one and only chance. Interesting. I'm going to need another water break real quick. All right. Laisha Santorelli, who works for the BBC because her at name is BBC Laisha or Laisha. The quote says, these are not the earnest striving immigrants. These are the overseas Chinese merchant families who attained oligarchical wealth throughout Southeast Asia and Singapore where crazy rich Asians is set. Speaking British English and living as royalty amid tropical splendor. Um, that, you know, that makes me think I was taking a class in college. One of the last classes I took in college was about a class called third world literature and it was all about like or not it wasn't all about but it made a point that people like will take vacations in poor countries and they'll ignore the poor people or people will occupy the poor country and maybe try to erase the poor country's culture or they'll occupy it for a certain amount of time but not try to help the poor country or they just are straight up racist and cruel to the poor country. Um, that made me think about my third world literature class that I took back in college. And then there's someone who says, One, so I watched Crazy Rich Agents last night. It's not a perfect movie. It's not going to solve all of our representation problems overnight, but it shouldn't have to be. It was enough to do what a movie is supposed to do. Make me laugh, cry, and feel something. Um... And then someone reappropriate verified. Either way, I have personally haven't been tweeting much about Crazy Rich Agents because I don't think anyone who follows me is unaware of the film. I haven't read the books, same as me. I haven't read the books and haven't seen the film yet, so I have largely preferred to listen to what others are saying. I want to offer this. Both things can be true simultaneously. Crazy Rich Asians can be both a major excitement point for Asian Americans concerned by politics of media representations, while we can also uplift reason critique by those who look beyond the film to set the bar even higher. And yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that. I feel that for sure. Um, and then the last one is a link to another um, Twitter moment that I'm not going to go through because... That's just another Twitter moment for another day. But it's a quote from Constance Wu saying, My dear Asian friends, we are building our own damn houses. And she says that it's going to pave the way for more diverse stories in Hollywood. And I think that um, Hollywood does need diverse stories. You can't tell the same story over and over and over again. It's going to get boring. You can't tell Romeo and Juliet 15 times and expect people to still buy it on the 15th time. So you do need diversity. You do need different points of view. And especially in the United States of America, where there's a shit ton of different races and ethnicities that live here in the United States. So to get different perspectives is not a bad thing by any means. So I do think that in terms of diversity, 
they're we're inching towards it. Maybe I'm 23 now. Maybe by the time I'm like 43, we'll have like a fully diverse Hollywood and no problems. But I have my doubts about that for sure. Anyway, water break. I'll give this Twitter moment a 4.5 out of 5. Because it had conflict. It had a story. It had ups and downs. That Twitter moment made me feel something absolutely for sure. So let's see. Premier League news, which is soccer. Everton signed three from Barcelona in the transfer window. Oh, shit. Lucas Digne, Andre Gomez, and Yeri Mina are traded the Blaugrana for the blue side of Liverpool as they joined Everton from the La Liga Giants. Everton also added Brazilian striker, or I'm sorry, they said Brazilian attacker, Bernard, on a fee transfer for, on a free transfer on deadline day. Um, I support Southampton FC, so I'm going to say Southampton is better no matter what. Why do I celebrate Southampton? Because everyone in America celebrates like Chelsea and Arsenal. And I wanted to pick something different. So I picked Southampton in like 2015 or 14. And I'm stuck with it. I'm fucking with it. Go Southampton. All day, every day. Anywho. Let's see. Everton signing. Should just posted a video signing their new guys. Um, let's see. Some guys just saying he is excited. Everton showing the people in their new kits, the new Everton kits. Um, let's see. Yeri Mina, uh, age 23, very strong passing, strong tackling, strong aerial duels. Andre Gomez, um, 25, strong aerial duels, strong passing. Let's see. 57 million euro for Lucas Digne and Yeri Mina. Plus, they're taking Gomes on loan and will probably buy him after the loan spell. I love you guys at Everton. Um, uh, someone else says, jokes aside, solid deal on their side. Brilliant from the club. Someone wondering if they took the same plane. I hope they took the same plane because uh, they should be like friends, kind of. So Barcelona confirmed that they do have buyback clause in Yeri Mina's transfer to Merseyside. Not a huge fan of that, but I still feel like we missed out with Dulofeo. So glad the deal is finally done. Hashtag EFC. And then someone says Barcelona is Everton's feeder club confirmed. True, true. And then Roger Bennett. Damn. Verified Roger Bennett. Damn, transfer deadline day. My best day since I was sworn in as an American citizen. Everton, Perlin, Bernard, Yeri Mina, Andre Gomez, on top of Richarlison and Lucas Digne. Genuinely cannot remember a season starting with such beautiful, ill-placed false hope. And that's basically it. So, that was an interesting... I mean, I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but I do fuck with it. Um, So... Apologies if I pronounce people's names wrong. I'm an American and therefore I am not smart. Um, So we're going to go to the next one. Another sports related one. Arizona Cardinals challenge fans eat a seven pound burger. Jesus fuck. University of Phoenix Stadium will introduce a gridiron challenge during Cardinals games this season. Fans who can finish a $75 burger. 
which is a fuck ton of money, which includes one third pound burger patties, five bratwursts, five all beef hot dogs, eight slices of bacon, 20 slices of American cheese, eight chicken tenders, 12 ounces of fries, lettuce, pickles, and tanker sauce on a 10-inch bun will win a Cardinals jersey and a name on the fucking Jumbotron, which is not fucking worth it at all. You're going to die. I mean, how? that's not even a burger at that point. That's just, that's just bullshit. That's just a fucking mess. That's a catastrophe. You eat that shit, you won't eat for a week. Fuck that. Steve Mariucci says he could do that easy. Fuck Steve Mariucci. Sion AF says take out the pan- tomato and pickles and it's easy. I do agree with that though. I don't fuck with tomatoes and pickles and burgers. I'd never order tomatoes. I say no tomato and then I leave the pickles because I don't want to seem like a bitch. I don't want to say no tomatoes or pickles because that makes me look like I don't eat vegetables. What should I do? I just don't fuck with it on a burger and I love burgers. Someone else says, not to be dramatic, but I'd rather walk on Legos. True. Can't even finish a Baconator at Wendy's without being miserable. This would kill me. That sounds like you are bitch made, my friend. Um, I don't don't know. A Baconator from Wendy's is, that's light work, my, my, my guy. This burger is actually fucking huge. It looks like it's about like... It's bigger than my head, for sure. That's like two of my heads. I'm looking at it right now. Fuck that. Now, Pull of the Night from 93.7 The Fan. The Arizona Cardinals have introduced a $75 belly-busting burger challenge. And at Paul Zeese wants to know, would you accept the challenge? 73% said no. Only 27 said yes. So, um... Yeah, I'll give that that moment was a two because that burger and I love burgers like burgers are my favorite food. Um, I think that those burgers or that burgers in general are very delicious. But that burger, no, I'm not fucking with it. That's a two out of ten. All right. That's enough Twitter moments for now. Um, So now we're going to go into a mock ad because I don't get paid for this yet. But maybe one day I will. So this is going to be an ad from Dollar Shave Club, which is somebody who puts ads on lots of podcasts. So maybe one day they'll do mine. <clears throat> Excuse me, I had to burp a little bit. But um, yeah, so this is going to be from Dollar Shave Club. Just going to give me a minute. All right. This podcast is potentially bought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Do you have hair? Are you filthy? Are you a disgusting person? Well, Dollar Shave Club is the place for you. Dollar Shave Club only costs a few dollars and you won't have to be disgusting ever again. That's right. Dollar Shave Club has shaving cream, shaving butter, shaving gel, shaving semen, all that. And it will clean you up and make you look presentable and not like the abominable snowman ever. Um, so that's dollarshaveclub.com slash semen. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash S-E-M-E-N and you will get 5% off of your purchase. Yes, 5% off because Dollar Shave Club is already cheap. So 5% off just makes it even more cheap. You don't need 20% off. 
So yeah, that's dollarshaveclub.com slash semen. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash S-E-M-E-N. And yeah, that was my mock ad. I hope you liked that. Hope that turned out well. Um, I just kind of went off the dome with that one. But anyway, I thought I would go into the latter part of this podcast by kind of talking about anime for a minute. Um, I know it's kind of a weird segue, but fuck it. We're going to do it. Because um, I don't consider myself an anime person, per se. I don't watch a whole lot of anime. Like, I don't watch Naruto. I don't watch Naruto. That's basically it. Um, I don't, like, seek out new anime and shit like that. But I started watching My Hero Academia a while ago. And then recently, I picked it back up again. I caught all the way up. I renewed my Crunchyroll, all that shit. And I really like My Hero Academia. Um, I think I like it because there's a lot of characters um, that have different powers and shit. And if you don't know what My Hero Academia is, there's a world where 80% of people have powers, 20% don't. The main character is someone who was born without powers. Then the best superhero of all time gives him his power. And then he becomes the greatest superhero. And we're learning. We're looking at his journey through high school training to be a superhero. And there's a lot of people training to be heroes. And I think that all the, the different characters and the different abilities, that's really interesting. All the lore and stuff like that is really interesting. But ever since... I started watching it again. Google has been giving me all this My Hero Academia content. I see ads, I see memes, I see videos, all this My Hero Academia shit, and it sucked me in, and I feel like my personality has suffered as well. I feel like my my personality is only My Hero Academia. I only know My Hero Academia trivia. I only know My Hero Academia math. The only thing I can talk about is My Hero Academia, which is a serious problem for me. And so I am going to continue watching it because the anime is still going on its third season. Watch it if you haven't because it is fantastic. But I just wanted to put that in there because I feel like I need to... I need to branch out and talk about other things other than My Hero Academia. And I just wanted to acknowledge that really quick on the podcast. Um, So, yeah. And that's basically all I wanted to do today. Um, Just to get another podcast in. This is the sixth episode of the podcast. Going strong. We're on a fuck ton of different services. We were on SoundCloud, but fuck SoundCloud. We're not on Spotify, but fuck Spotify. But I am coming into some new money soon with my new job. Um, So maybe I can pay for Spotify and pay for SoundCloud to give me more upload space. But we'll see. Maybe after I get my first paycheck, we'll see from there what we can do. Um, But yeah, just to recap, um, I am getting a new job, which means I might post podcasts infrequently, but it is something I do want to do because in this new job, I'm going to be talking a lot. I'm going to meet new people. I'm going to do all that stuff. So it's good to practice the talking and get my thoughts out there so I can have an easier time talking to new people and have an easier time um, just working with new people and making sure that... Even if I talk, I'm just working on my talking muscle so I can get it 
refreshed and strong and ready to go. Um, so yes, yeah, so if you listen to this or if you watch this on YouTube all the way through, um, thank you so much. I love you and appreciate you. And goodbye. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day or night. Thank you.